I love it when uh, a sermon comes, to, well, the whole service comes together in such a, an amazing way um, because, you know, I didn't know what Pastor Cindy was going to be saying at the offering. I didn't know what Jody was going to be doing in her testimony. Um, and so I could just say amen and sit down. It's so, it was so good, so good. All right. Uh, all right, everybody say out loud, God knows. Say it again, God knows. So today I want to talk about two things. God knows your name, and God knows how to find you. So say it again. God knows my name, and God knows how to find me. Uh, You know, uh, names are important to God. He, He gives himself names. Not just one name is satisfied. Can, can anybody name some of the Hebrew names that God gives himself, like Jehovah, Rapha. Rapha, and what does Rapha mean? Healer, Healer. Jehovah, Jireh, my provider, Shalom, peace, Nisi, the banner, what else? Jehovah Roy, our shepherd, it just goes on, isn't it? So God gives himself names, and every one of those names depicts his character, who he is. That's how we get to know him, through his name. Um, you know, the name Jesus means Savior, right? Jesus means Savior. Joshua was given a name. And, uh, you know, sometimes God changes people's names. We read the Bible, we see a lot of the name changes going on, like he changes Abram's name to Abraham, and then what does Abraham mean? Father of many nations. And he changed Jacob's name to Israel. And Israel means prince with God. He changed uh, Saul's name to Paul. And he changed Simon's name to Peter. Now, some people think it means the rock, but it doesn't actually mean the rock. It means the stone. Okay? Um, he also likes to name people. Maybe he told, the angel told Mary to call her son Jesus, specifically. Told Zechariah to call their son John. So, I mean, we, as we go through the Bible, we see names are important to God. And your name is important to God. Now, one of the most outstanding things that have ever happened to me is when Prophet Esther gave that word. And because... My name is mentioned. We're going to watch it five times. <laughs> Go ahead, dim the lights. Let's watch this. And the Lord is saying that she is a voice in that territory. And I see this place where there are chairs. Y en la entrada, and in the entrance, veo una palabra, I see a word. Dice la promesa. The word is la promesa, the promise. Yes. Y veo una mujer, and I see this woman, que es rubia, that she's blonde. Y es delgada, she's thin. Se llama Cindy. Her name is Cindy. A su lado, next to her, hay un hombre, there's a man, con pelo canoso, with a white hair. Se llama Henry. His name is Henry. El Señor me dice que hay un tiempo de visitación para ese ministerio la promesa. That there is a time of visitations that comes from the Lord to that ministry. Los veo rodeados. 
I see them surrounded de muchos niños negritos. by a lot of uh, little children and they are veo, of a black color. And I see this place de Africa. in Africa. Es Ghana. Ghana. Ellos tienen they have a ministry there in Ghana. Estos niños. Yes. Y Dios me dice and the Lord says que viene un crecimiento an expansion exponential an exponential expansion a growth acelerado that it's accelerated the Lord is releasing a lot para ese ministerio. for that ministry hallelujah Dios está aquí Lord is here segunda de Reyes second um, capítulo 12 chapter 12 we have to make a decision do we believe that is God, or do we believe it's fictitious, made up, some type of conniving? We have to decide, one of the two. If we believe it's God, then we have to believe what she said, that she was speaking by the Spirit of God. We've come to find out, um, I think Jody shared this information, uh, I think one of your friends who was connected to it said that she actually got the name of the church and Escondido in Spain before she ever left Spain. She got the name Escondido and the Promised Church. Then she came here, and when she was here for the, the time that she was visiting, and the, all the churches she went to, all the meetings she had, she never mentioned another church at all. Ours was the only one she mentioned, and she mentioned Pastor Cindy and myself. So... To me, I was so shocked. I was shocked. I mean, I've been in ministry a long time. And I've heard a lot of prophetic words and words of knowledge and stuff like that. But from a complete stranger who's not even in, who doesn't know us at all, never visited us, for someone to say that I had to conclude that God knows our name. He knows the name of the promised church. And he knows who's in the church. You know why? He said he's going to release resources to this ministry. Well, that would be you. This building doesn't have resources. You are the one that he's releasing the resources to and through. And that he knows Pastor Cindy's name. And that she's thin. God knows. Thank God he just said, and he's got white hair. And she stopped there. <laughs> but God promised visitations, people. He promised visitations to you and to me in this ministry. Now, you must listen very carefully to what I'm going to say today. It's so important. Because God singled out the ministry. It wasn't me that did it. It wasn't Pastor Cindy that did it. God did it if we believe that was God. So God put His thumbprint here on the promised church for a purpose. And he said there's going to be exponential growth, there's going to be releasing of resources, and there's going to be visitations. To the tribe, the promised family, and to you who are watching online, whether it's Sandy in Hawaii, whether it's Pam and Chris uh, somewhere else, whether it's people in Texas like Hain and them, if it's people in South Africa or others that are watching online that are praying for us and supporting us, you are included in the promised tribe. The fact that you can't get to this house 
doesn't mean you are being excluded. God has specifically included you when He called the promised tribe, the family of the promise, the promised church. And Ghana was included. That ministry was included. Amen? All right. Now, many of you know Sister Padma. But for those who don't, let us throw up a picture of Sister Padma. Sister Padma has been a dear friend for, I guess, 35 years. And uh, she's an Indian evangelist. As you can see, she's, she's from India. And she has a ministry there called Oasis Ministries. And our church has actually been over there and ministered with her in various churches. She travels all over the place. She's on TV. She's on radio. When she first started out, uh, she was just running an orphanage. And she had a few children. And we helped her in our previous church, Harvest for Christ. We helped her sponsor the children. When we left the, the, promise, the, the Harvest Church, unfortunately, the ministry of supporting her stopped. But Pastor Cindy and myself continued to support her, even though we were not in full-time ministry. And it was through God's help that we were able to build the church, build her orphanage. It grew to 125 children. And she was taken care of, plus everything else was going on there. Now, in uh, 2018, she called me, and uh, she asked if she could come and visit us. And whenever she came, we liked to give her an offering. We gave her annual offerings anyway, uh, but we liked to give her something special. And so I told her, uh, she's welcome to come, but she needs to understand uh, the Promise Church at that time was only running about 125, 150 people on a Sunday. So um, we do our best to help her. But that is much as we could do. And so she came, and while she was staying with us, uh, she shared with me that all the churches that had been helping her had stopped for one reason or another. And she had no financial support at all. And she was praying and crying and talking to God. And God said to her, call Pastor Henry. He will help you. When she said that to me, I just broke down, uh, overwhelmed with humility and with tears, that God would send somebody to me because he knew Henry will help you. God knew my name and he told her, call Henry. How does it feel to you? God tells somebody to call you. Mary, Lindsay, Kevin, Shana, who? Whatever your name is, Terry. God tells somebody your name. Brian, your name. Call them. They will help you. So during the worship, before she spoke, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I don't want you to be afraid. Hello. Where am I going to see an angel or what? I don't know. Don't be afraid. And I need you to get out the way. Oh, God, this is big, this is big trouble. He said, I've spoken to someone in the church to give her $10,000, and I don't want you to, you know, Okay, it's your, it's your money, it's your church, your servant, that's fine with me. She gets up, she preaches. 
When we finished preaching, I said to the congregation, we'd receive an offering for her. And uh, God told me, somebody's going to give $10,000. I said, okay, we received the offering. Two people gave $10,000. That service, we received $30,000 from 125 people. You see, when there, as Pastor Cindy said, there's a culture of generosity where people love to give, when they see the orphans, when they see the work being done, and it's only money. God called upon us as a church, and we responded to the call. God knew our name. Amen. Say, God knows my name. So we were able to uh, help her, and you know, not only did we meet her needs immediately, but for the next year. Unfortunately, in the year 2020, the Indian government shut her down because she was a Christian orphanage and disbanded the whole orphanage, took all the children away, and she was left without any children. Now, your name must be written down in heaven. Jesus said in Luke 10, verse 19, a famous verse, we love to quote this verse, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. We love to quote that verse. This is what the disciples found out when they came back from the ministry they'd been in. Jesus said this. But few people realize that verse 20 follows verse 19. Huh, big revelation. Look what verse 20 says. Jesus says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. The demons listen to you. Don't, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And that's why we sang that song this morning. The greatest miracle is that my name is written in heaven. And Jesus said that is reason to rejoice. No matter what else you're facing in life, doesn't matter what you're going through, what sickness, what problems, financials, other things, where the demons are giving you a rough time or it doesn't matter, stand still a moment and go, my name is written in heaven. My name is written in heaven. You know, you know what that feels like? Uh, last week I had to go to the uh, urgent care because I had a, an outbreak a reaction to a medication that they gave me for cholesterol. I don't do good with medication, especially for cholesterol. Anyway, I had an outbreak from head to toe. I mean, I was covered in an itchy, burny rash. Like, you're like, <laughs> In the middle of this, a mosquito at my home was buzzing around me. It was tiny. And I said to the mosquito, go ahead. Bite your little heart out. I won't feel you. I don't even know you here. And that's what I feel about sometimes when we're going through these rough patches. Stand still and go, my name is written in heaven. Go ahead, do your best. Amen? Let's give the Lord praise. Come on. What is the alternative to your name being written in heaven? What's the alternative? It's devastating. Jesus said this in Revelation 20 verse 11. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, uh-oh. Uh-uh, oh me, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So there's a book in heaven called the book of life, 
and your name must be written in the book of life. Now, I have another question. Heaven knows your name, but does Satan, do demons, do the dark world, do they know your name? There's a crazy story told in Acts chapter 19 about the sons of Sceva who would go around casting out demons, doing exorcism, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it says in verse 14 uh, that they were the, uh, the Jewish priests, with the, this was their children, seven sons. And one day the evil spirit answered back to them and said, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? That's when you put your tail between your legs and you head out of town. Because the devil says, who are you? You know you're toast. It's over. But you see, demons and the dark world do know your name. I am convinced, I am convinced that our names are to be honored and respected in heaven, on earth, and in the dark world, just like Jesus' name. Think about it. Your name should be respected on this earth, should it not? And should be honored in this world. Do you know that one day Jesus is going to call out your name in front of the angels and the Father in heaven and everybody that's there? Look at, X, look at Revelation 3, 5. And he who overcomes, say overcomes, overcomes. will like them be dressed in white, I will never blot out his name from the book of life. So he's in the book of life. But will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. Wow. It's one thing to be introduced as a public speaker. You know, was, come on up here, you know, Jim, Jody, you know, come up and speak and get introduced. It's quite another thing when there's billions of people in heaven. And trillions of angels. Huh? And they go, Susan, Mary, you know, Chris, Christina. I want to acknowledge you in front of everybody. You're an overcomer. What a day that's going to be. I know we're all wanting to worship Jesus and give him glory. But God is going to, Jesus is going to honor you publicly by calling out your name. You know, on the day of the resurrection morning, Mary was devastated because she couldn't find Jesus' body. Do you remember that? And she actually spoke to Jesus thinking he was the gardener. And so, why are you weeping? Well, I don't know what they've done with my Lord's body. It wasn't until, she said, until Jesus said, Mary. Mary. And she goes, oh. There's something about your name. God knows your name, even in the depths of your despair, when nothing seems to be working, everything seems to be going wrong. Depression overcoming you. middle of that night just call your name your name changes everything when he speaks it out God knows your name and he knows where to find you remember Moses after he killed the Egyptian he fled to the back of the desert he's there for 40 years 
God comes and finds him. He speaks to him out of a bush. Forty years in the desert, God finds him in the back of the desert. He thinks he's hiding. God knows where to find him. Right? Running from God. But God knows where to find you. And uh, Saul, on the road to Damascus, persecuting the church. Jesus shows up. Saul, Saul, bam! Down you go. Why are you persecuting me? Changes his name to Paul. And then Jesus goes to Ananias in a vision. Starts off with Ananias. By name, Ananias. I've got a job for you to do. It's not pleasant. You're going to go pray for, uh, for Saul. Get there behind me. No, no, you need to go. Go pray for him. Calls your name to do service, to do duty. God knows where to find you. God knows your name. The angel appears to Cornelius. And the angel says to Cornelius, send for Peter. He's by Simon the Tanner. Send for Peter. He will tell you what you need to do. Are you listening to me? God knows your name and he knows where to find you. He says, this is where he is. He's by Joppe. He's there by the ocean. Go find Peter. Tell him to come here. He will tell you what to do. Now I want to give you a set of remarkable events. And honestly, I sat here when Pastor Cindy shared this information. And I thought to myself that might be the best service we've ever had in this church. And I'm going to highlight some of, these, some of this information today just because I see God sending people to the promise, just like Prophet Esther said. I see God calling people by name. And, and, and as I look at this, I'm just like, I'm overcome with how amazing God is with each of us individually. Now, it starts off, my story starts with Lindsay and not Pastor Lindsay. Oh, okay. That's why I don't know her last name. Okay. And uh, this is about three years ago. Um, God spoke to her heart about, find, listen carefully, about finding a Bible college on a Monday night. Not any Bible college. You need to find a Bible college on a Monday night. So she has a friend, Dr. Prophet. And there you go. You will either call him Prophet or Doctor, whatever. Dr. Prophet. Dr. Prophet happened to be a member of our previous church, Harvest, and he went through our Bible college there, and now he's in full-time ministry. And he knows us well. And he said, you need to go to the Promise Bible College. They meet on Monday night. So God told her what to look for. Prophet told her how to find it. She comes here, and she attends Bible college. Now, Enter Shana into our story. Okay. Shana has been drug addict, living on the street, terrible problems, addicted. And she was in detox in a faith-based organization, recovery home, where she committed her life to God in this home. Now, the lady running this home, they called Mama Carol. And when the presence of God was strong in a little meeting they were having, 
Mama Carol pointed a finger at her and said to her, Bible college. And it impacted her, and she just put it in her heart. Two years goes by, and Lindsay becomes her mentor and dear friend. And Lindsay says to her, you need to go to Bible college. And tells her about the promised Bible college on Monday nights. And what it means to her. So Shana signs up for the promised Bible college. During her first year, she feels like she wants to go back to the Ramona organization that helped her. Um, it, it, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's, it's, a, it's a sober home. And uh, she wants to hold meetings there. And Pastor Jackie and myself had the privilege, and it was the first Sunday Jackie was back in church, of praying for her, laying hands upon her, for the anointing and for the wisdom of God to help her in her uh, producing the information and, and, and for the Bible study. And she wanted to write her own notes, her own studies. And she says that the Holy Spirit literally downloaded the information. It was a supernatural thing to her. First year, promise, Bible college student. Well, she approached Pastor Cindy. And she said, Pastor Cindy, would you come up and hold a meeting for us there and Pastor Cindy doesn't usually do that, but she loves to have meetings wherever she goes, but she decided she was going to go. Enter Candace. So here's Pastor Cindy teaching what apparently was a very dry meeting until Pastor Cindy says, we are now going to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy what? The Holy Spirit. Candace gets up. Candace, wave your hand. Candace gets up. Pastor Cindy lays hands upon her, and the Holy Spirit, wow, just wallops her. I mean, just wallops her. She gets filled with the Holy Ghost, drunk in the Spirit. It's an amazing experience. That morning, she'd been reading Book of Acts about the day of Pentecost. And she said, oh, God, wouldn't it have been awesome to have been there? What a cool experience that would have been. She's having her own Pentecost right there. God said, what about now? I'm not the God of just the past. I'm the God of the present. Amen. So Candace had been a drug addict for 25 years, lived six years on the street on the riverbed, San Diego riverbed. I mean, this girl was done and in and out of prison. You talk about, this is my testimony. My name is written in heaven. This is my testimony. That's why she can't stand still. That's why she's rejoicing. That's why her hand's in the air. Because that is her testimony. The first day she walks into this church, she says, I feel home. I feel the presence of God. Then she gets a job at a recovery home. And... In the office of this home, she sees a binder from Harvest Bible School. Turns out that the man, who's now deceased, husband of the, of the wife running the home, had gone to our Bible college, the Harvest, and was a member there of the church. And when he graduated, he went into ministry dealing with drug addicts on the street. And there was a woman, Jessie, Gypsy. 
That, huh? Gypsy? Gypsy, got it. So there was a woman, Gypsy, on the street that she was ministering to. That Gypsy is Candace. It was her street name. She's standing in this home where the man used to minister to her. And now she's born again, spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost. And she's attending the Promise Bible College. Are you listening? There's something about the Promise Bible College that God said there's going to be increase of resources. There's going to be growth, accelerated growth and increase. And God is going to visit in Jesus' name. And you're part of it. You're part of it. This is what God is doing. You need to know God knows your name and He knows where to find you. You're not at the Promise Church by accident. So she learns on how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. One day she's at gym, working out. God says to her, go find your husband. Now listen, husband's drug addict. Husband's living on the streets. Under a bridge somewhere. On the riverbed. Haven't spoken, haven't seen each other for two years. They don't know. There's no communication. There's no idea. God says, go. She goes out. She starts. She starts looking. She gets in the car. She drives. She drives down to, to the San Diego Riverbed. She goes to a bridge that she's never been to. The very, very first tent she goes to, there was a husband. He's an IV, direct IV drug addict. Completely done, wasted at the point of death. Infection through his body. She grabs him, rushes him off to ER. They save his life. The doctor literally says, an hour later, he would have been dead. God said, go find your husband. Didn't have time to wait. One hour. Well, think about it. I'll pray and fast. Yeah. Because God knows where to find you. God knows. And he... Sent her to him. When he gets released from hospital, he goes back to the riverbed, starts using again. Bless God for his patience. God says to her, Go find your husband. Is this a rewind? Is this a re what is this? A replay? Go find your husband. Okay. She goes down, she goes to the same routine, she finds him. But now nobody will take him in to do rehab detox. So she goes and rents a hotel room for nine days by his side as he goes through cold turkey detoxing. And she's praying in the spirit, the house down. I mean, there was smoke coming through that roof because she's <laughs> filled with the Holy Ghost. She knows how to pray in the Holy Ghost. And she's praying in the name of Jesus, binding and loosing. And he... Submits his life to Jesus, surrenders his life to Jesus. And he comes out of that place, begins to serve God with all of his heart. And I want Aaron and Candace to stand up this morning. There they are. Come on, give them a round of applause. Come on. Hallelujah. And he told me today he just graduated. Just graduated. 
God knows your name. He knows where to find you. And I didn't. You're starting Bible college. Come on now. Come on. Woohoo! Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's what the Bible college is about. Changing people's lives. You have time for one more story? I was going to tell it anyway. <laughs> Who was here when Kristen told her story a couple of weeks ago? You might remember, amazing testimony, uh, Mormon girl living in Idaho, raised Mormon, married him when she was 19 years old to obviously a Mormon man. They have four children. And living in a town of 300 people, of which 297 are Mormon. Probably now the one of those three that are not to her. She suffered tremendous, tremendous abuse um, and uh, demonic control and authority in her life to the point where finally she couldn't take it anymore and she divorces her husband. Now, this is absolutely taboo in the Mormon uh, church because their eternal security and eternal life depends upon their marriage. So divorcing him meant she was excommunicated from the Mormon church. And they told her, you have now lost your eternal security, eternal life. It's gone. You've lost it. It's all over. Most of the people in the town are all in authority. The chief, police, uh, the chief of police, the fire mark. Everybody is, who's in authority, the mayor, are all Mormon. The judge. So she doesn't get a fair hearing. They refer to her as a woman of perdition. She doesn't get custody of her children. She has to ask permission to the teachers to even talk to the children to find out what's going on. And uh, she can't move. She's not on move. If she moves more than 24 miles from the house that she's living in, she automatically forfeits custody of the children, period, forever. So she can't leave town, get out. She can't get out and come and visit the children. She can't take the children out without the husband's permission. When she came to visit here, she wanted to bring the children with, and her husband would not give permission to come and visit here in San Diego. So she's been suffering 10 years of this atrocious persecution. One day she falls down on her knees and she calls out to God. She says, God, I want you to cut to the chase. I don't want any fluff. I want you to tell me like it is, are you real? And do you care about me? And then she posted on a business group page. She wrote this and she said, when, why can't we normalize talking about God? I have questions and I need answers. Justine, and I didn't see her here this morning. Justine, God brought Justine's attention to this post. And Justine responds to her and sends her some of Cindy's sermons. And says to her, can somebody call you? from the promised church. And she says, yes, please. So she began to listen to those sermons immediately. Within a few days, Pastor Cindy called her. Pastor Cindy actually teaches on Mormonism in our Bible college. She wrote the whole lecture, all the lectures involved on Mormonism. You couldn't want to speak to anybody better than that. 
And Pastor Cindy says, God, what do I say to her? And the Lord begins to talk through Pastor Cindy about righteousness, the blood of Jesus, redemption, and everything else. All of the questions that she had gets answered. She didn't even ask questions. And over the hours that they spoke, every so often, every two weeks they spoke, Cindy literally witnessed her become a Christian, got born again over the phone. And these bondages began to break and fall off her. Cindy sent her some books. And then she signed up for Bible college. True story. She's studying, she's studying online Bible college. And God has answered her prayers. Now, I want you to understand something. When she called out to God, are you real? Show me you care. Within a week, she was introduced to the promised church. You need to understand it. When Sister Padma needed help, promised church. When, when, when Lindsay wanted, needed help, sent the promised church. God has sent you here. This, this lady, Kristen, is coming to get baptized on the 14th with you guys. I'm telling you, it just amazes me. Now she knows God loves her. She knows that she's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. She's been filled with the Holy Ghost when she came to visit that, that morning, uh, that day, that last week away. I prayed for her. Pastor Cindy prayed for her. And, you know, she was a fire, firefighter. You know, she was a firefighter. And I'm praying for her to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says to me, tell her it's going to come out like a fire hose. Are you kidding me? Boom! Never forgot it. She thinks she's a walking fire hose. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say, God knows my name. And God knows where to find me. Close your eyes. Let's ask what the Holy Spirit was saying to us today. What was God saying to you and to me today? He called you to the promised church. A place he's put his finger on. A place where he wants to visit you. So he can help you. And those who are listening online, listen carefully. God wants to help you. He's called you to the promised church to teach you his word. To set you free. And to disciple you into a passionate believer in Jesus. Be assured today, God knows your name. It's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life in Heaven. And He knows where to find you. Whatever you're going through. And He knows where to find you. For you to minister to somebody else. God use me. Has been your prayer. Be encouraged. 
God is calling you to be available. Be aware of it. Be aware of it. He has touched you so you can touch others. He brought you to this sweet spot, the promised family, this oasis of love and help so you can bring the lost, the hurting, the dying, the crying, those in bondage to come and enjoy the freedom, the liberty, the love of God and the presence of God in this house. And for all of this, Lord, we say thank you that we are in your perfect will. And we commit ourselves to fulfilling your promises and your plans. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful stories that we've heard today. And to know that we are part of this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet. And I have my prayer team come up here, ministry team. Andrew Lindsay, if you'll join us, please. If you need prayer for any reason whatsoever, except to know your name, because you should know your name by now. You may come down and have prayer, and we're going to trust God to minister to your needs. Amen. We're going to dismiss you. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Walk in this thought. God knows my name, and he knows where to find me. Next time I speak, I'm going to continue this thought in this series a little further, and it's going to bless you. Amen? God bless you. Have a good week.